Welcome to the Branding Iron Podcast, where we talk with business owners and entrepreneurs about business, brand strategy, and turning customers into raving fans. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the first episode of the Branding Iron Podcast. I have my friend, Estel Powell. He is the owner of Slice Pizzeria here in Hayhira, Georgia, and I just wanted to pick his brain a little bit on business. So what's up, Estel? How are you doing? Hey, what's going on, Chase? Doing pretty well. How about, how about yourself? I'm doing good, doing good. It's the end of the week. So, um, you know, coasting into the, to the weekends, always pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's been one of those intense weeks too. And my actually, you know, owning a pizzeria, we're going to be, uh, Friday nights, our busiest night. So, uh, and Saturday's usually our second. So I'm just ramping up to like my busy time. Right on. I remember as a kid, always enjoying like the moment of Friday hits and then you get to ask my parents if we can have a pizza night. And when they say yes, it kind of, it, it definitely <laughs> the weekend. <laughs> Yep. And fun, quick fact, you know, uh, I know that uh, your audience will probably see this in the future, but today is National Chicken Wing Day, just for an FYI, if you're in the food business. And so uh, anybody that's worked with uh, chicken and wings, like it's it's kind of been crazy with supplies and stuff. So, but we stocked up and we're ready for people tonight. Right on. I, I did notice that. I did see that on, on Facebook. And uh, I'm just going to give a, a small plug. The, the wings at the Slice are pretty fantastic. They're some of the best I've ever had. So kudos well, to, uh, to, to the slice for sure. Well, awesome. Well, cool. So let's, uh, let's get this started. Um, what is something that people might not know about you? Well, if you're not a close friend of mine, like the coolest thing I can say that, that I enjoy doing is, is I get to be the voice of the Blazers. So if you ever go to any of the football games uh, for the Blazers, actually, they're going to start September the 1st is their first home game on a Thursday night. I think it's 7 p.m. at, at Baysmore Heider Stadium. And so I actually went to college to VSU. And so being able to come in and just be the voice for the Blazers and, and at the actual event, you know, make the calls, get the crowd excited and just, you know, do the whole Blazers first down is <laughs> just so much fun. And then when we get our touchdowns, right, and we've always just always have got just a phenomenal team. And I'm excited to see what our new coach is going to be doing. So I know a little off topic, but that's that's one of the coolest things I think I've enjoyed doing. Just one of my little hobbies uh, that that uh, I do. That's cool. I had no idea that you did that. That's pretty cool. You didn't know, Chase? I swear I thought I told you that before. I, I guess I just might have. I, I don't know. I. I didn't know that, I guess. Okay. Well, All right. Well, now well, you know, in September 1st, you know, if I may have to get you out there as my guest to come check out the game and tell me what you think and, yeah, uh, man. you know, get some, get some good football. That'd be cool. All right. So um, when it when it comes to business, uh, you know, obstacles arise for anyone. And I think um, we noticed over the past couple of years, we're just kind of coming, we're coming out of the pandemic um, and we're still feeling the ramifications of that. And so from a person that's in the food industry, how, how do you um, overcome those obstacles of just the small thing? I mean, it's not a small thing dealing with COVID by no means, but just the, the, some of the day-to-day stuff, but then also something big like COVID. How would you overcome those things? Well, I think I think the first thing to kind of like address is, is the fact that like it's not really if you're going to have obstacles or challenges, it's going to be when you have those obstacles right and on. challenges. Yep. And it's it's always as a small business person and, and owning my own pizzeria, it absolutely is. Every, every month is something different, something new. Um, you know, and COVID was 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 really kind of an just an enormous scale of you know an impact towards specifically not just everybody, but even the food industry really just you know, everybody got shut down. Um, I remember seeing that 
when the the post that schools were letting out early and they shut down the dining for us, we were actually already uh, almost COVID-19. Like we were really kind of in a position that it didn't fully affect us as it did a lot of other businesses. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is that our pizzeria has no dining. It's literally pickup or it is a delivery service. And so we actually talked at length on a numerous things about COVID as it was even getting closer to before they even said that they were going to shut things down. Uh, me and my partner, we actually sat down and talked, I think probably about you know two or three weeks before it actually happened on what would we do? Well, how would we handle it? And so we, we actually created numerous protocols um, with how we were going to manage trying to maintain the business to be open. And then in addition, uh, how we were going to handle that first time, because I think that, that an employee either got exposed, um, what we were going to do. And so we, we basically created that game plan. And I think that's really important is if you do see that things are, are possibly coming down the pipeline, what can you do to really be ready for it. And, and nobody's going to be 100% ready, right? There's there's absolutely no way that you can think of every single scenario and you're going to be able to be perfect on that execution. As long as you at least try and you've got that plan together and attempt the execution, I think that's really the big thing. And so for us, we did a lot of research in the mandate that came through from the governor of Georgia, which was you know the shutdowns. Like, what was that impact? And I remember we we got together and talked and so we we looked in there and was like, you know, we can still deliver. We could still do pickup. We just have to be extra cautious. We got to mask up. We got to glove up more. We, you know, people didn't know exactly like the impact that this was really going to sure. have on us as a culture and a society. And so for us, the first three months of COVID was actually a boom in business. And the only reason we had such a positive impact from COVID was because other restaurants that didn't have delivery, that didn't have that curbside pickup, what ended up happening for them was they had no choice but to shut down. And so we were in a very niche opportunity that it it didn't, it did the opposite, you know? And so I feel Mm -hmm. for those that really had to go through that. Um, I got quite a few friends uh, that went through and that owned restaurants that, that had to do that. And I was even talking with them about how we could help them, you know, get that curbside or that delivery and some options that might be available because it's, it's tough when you have your own business and you are forced to have to like shut it down for, you know, two and a half months, I think it was almost three yes. months. Yep. That yep. hurts. I mean, you're yeah. talking just a huge loss that you're having at your business. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I know when when it happened for us, um, dealing with Ink and Toner, I was, you know, still having to, some businesses were still operating day to day. And so I was still having to service those businesses. But yeah, dealing with, you know, masking up and sanitizing and it was a bit daunting in the in the beginning. But um, luckily for me, I'm just a, a one man team at this point or at this time. So I didn't have to worry about keeping other employees, you know, on the same track. So um, kudos to you for making it work because we ordered pizza from y'all uh, many nights because we couldn't go out and dine. So you were definitely a lifesaver for that, for sure. Oh, I'll tell you this, Chase. We, we literally like I think at the time had about 12 uh, folks that worked with us before COVID hit. And as soon as it hit, I remember when they made the notification, I was at the shop and, and you know, we had decided to stay open. And I was trying to think like, oh, my God, what is going to happen here? Like, what what am I going to expect? And I'm going to tell you something. We got zero calls until about six o'clock that night. And it was like a weekday, if I remember correctly. And at six o'clock, it was like the floodgates opened. I mean, everybody went and got their kids. And from what I understand, everybody went and basically like stocked up on groceries. And so... 
for a second, I was like, oh man, this is going to be really, really rough even for us. And then six o'clock hit, phones start ringing. And when I say it didn't stop until like, I think we were still open at nine at that time during the weekdays. Like it didn't stop until like about 8.30, 8.45 that we finally caught our breath because weekdays I don't snap as many people and you don't know yeah. how to to deal with that. And so we actually ramped up and and almost, I want to say a 50% increase in our staff over the course of about two to three weeks. Um, a lot of people, you know, because they couldn't go out unless they were defined as essential workers, you know, they came in, they wanted to work, you know, so yeah. we had no problem hiring people. And we went from like 12 to, to 18 employees uh, within a matter of just two to three weeks. And I, when I say we were just slammed, I mean, it, it really was incredible uh, to see that happen. And we did do a couple of things. Uh, one of the, the things I thought that was really awesome that that we did was immediately following the closures is that there's the shortages on all the supplies and stuff, right? And so one of the big things was bread. Like there was almost no bread that you could find across the entire like, you know, city, you know, for, for weeks at a time, sometimes it felt like. And so we actually can't make full loaf breads, but what we did was we got like, I called them half loaves. And so we actually got like 20 molds and they're just about half, maybe a little bit, a little bit larger uh, than, um, or a little bit larger than a half of a loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. And so what was the most interesting that thing that we did was we weren't really trying to make a buck off of people needing bread. We actually, I think if I remember correctly, we sold our loaves for like, I think like a dollar 49. Um, and we basically were making bread and I had people that were ordering bread, you know, selling probably five to, to 15 loaves every day until the supplies kind of caught back up. And so I think What's really important is when you've got these obstacles and these things that are that are happening in your business, you've got to come up with those creative ways to to be able to you know support the customers, support your employees, and also empower your employees. But but when you do that, that really creates that brand recognition that people think about the things that you've done to the community and right. you create that reputation as a, a good steward of your community and caring, you know, of your community. Yeah, that you did remind me about the bread. I I'd totally forgotten that y'all did that during COVID, but looking back or thinking back to that time because man it was it was just chaotic and oh, yeah. not <laughs> I mean, as a business owner that was the worst time to be doing anything but um going back to that um i did like how you were very open and honest on social media when you were talking about all this stuff and so you would put out there hey we've got bread or hey um, supplies are low for this particular thing or, or whatever it may be you were very transparent and i think that that offers um a human aspect to a business. Sometimes we just see the, the brick and mortar, you know, facade or, you know, the website or, or, or a logo. And we kind of forget that it's people that are actually running the business day to day. And to have you out there up front on social media, on your personal page, sharing stuff on, Hey, this is what's going on. Uh, I find that to be a very uh, integral as, you know, aspect of, you know, running and owning a business and being a, you know, a, a, a brand that people rely on. So, Oh man, what, absolutely. What some people don't like that kind of transparency. Some people like to keep the veil. Um, but no, I, I, I like that about you, Estel. So I want you to talk to everybody about why you find that to be so important to your business. I think good or bad, it's it's absolutely important. There's a lot of things that we talk about on a daily basis, you know, between my partner and now we've got a manager that that runs full time during the day uh, for us. Um, that the reason for that transparency, both good and bad, is is just to be upfront. And if you can level people's expectations, then then hopefully they'll be a little bit more empathetic about maybe when things are happening. Like the biggest thing I will say that that has been just 
just so insane for me to, to wrap my, my head around. You know, we acquired the Slice Pizzeria three years ago and it had been operating seven years prior. And when we bought the pizzeria, we, you know, you don't think that there's going to be a huge pandemic and shutdown and the world's going to get turned upside down. But what we did find was is like the previous owners had only done like one price increase with all the inflation going on right now with the the war that's happening on Ukraine just alone you know my my flour we make all of our pizza dough from scratch my flour was you know somewhere around like i think it was like 16 or 17 dollars for a 50 pound bag of flour well i'm almost upwards of like 30 dollars right now just mm-hmm. to get flour and so that in itself creates an even now we got to do price increases and so in the course of the last 3 years we have done three price increases. I think our first one was kind of across the board. And then the second and third one we did, which were probably about six to nine months apart from each other, they were very surgical. You know, we tried to look at our cost of goods, both on our ingredients. Uh, The main thing that kind of just came out of nowhere felt like was chicken, like like chicken wings and chicken just went through the roof. Like they, they were one of the most, like they were the first things that really impacted us that we weren't really thinking was going to be a huge drastic change. And so some of those things that we've had to deal with is like when our manufacturers, because of the logistics, you know, the demand, and also the fact that a lot of these manufacturers were shutting down, we had a hard time getting some of our stuff in that we needed to get in. Wings were one of the first things that we would run out on. And Mm. so the biggest challenge for me was initially, I don't want to replace our wings unless I know that the quality is good with what I'm going to replace it with. And we tried a little bit to do some replacements. And so we, we made it very apparent that, hey, our wings have run out. We've got a new brand in. Let us know your thoughts. We got to get that feedback. And the crazy thing is this for me was, is that when people would order pizza, they'd have like this, you know, massive, like three or four pizza order because they've got family or something in town. They would order wings. And I'm going to tell you, it, it blows my mind. But if you if we didn't have wings, they would just cancel the order. And it, and I was like, really? We're a pizzeria. We're not wings. But, but you know, <laughs> thank you to, to, you know, who the with wing streets That's uh, that wild. basically. Yeah, that brought that whole combination. So then I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to have crappy wings because I don't want to miss out on sales and the opportunity to feed people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so with that, we, we try to be extremely transparent when there's certain things that, hey, we didn't get this in or we got that in. One of the things that we did do was when we did our price increase, I think the last time uh, we actually, I, I actually did it. I put together an entire infographic that showed all of the things that went into making a pizza. And so wow. just a base pizza, I'm not talking like a specialty, but but you've got you know five things that really go into it just on the cost of goods side. You've got your dough, your cheese, your sauce. But then mm-hmm. you've got your boxes and then you've got your pizza savers. And those little pizza savers are, I can't tell you how many times uh, when I first started, I didn't have those. And I'd have to go remake a pizza because the lid would just squish down oh, and the toppings man. would come off. And nobody wants a pizza like that, right? <laughs> so all, all that to say, you know, we, we saw that the cost increase of making a pizza was about 43% from when we had first bought the business. And to think that in in less than like three years, it was right around two, two and a half years when we did this infographic, it's just insane to think about that. And so hopefully what that does is, is it a lot of people don't think about all that goes into running a business and from a food industry, right? All the things that go into making that food, you know, with your, your gas, your, you know, your ovens, your labor, your, your infrastructure, you know, all of these things take a play into that. And so one of our main, you know, the one thing that we try to be very good of is, is that our pricing is based off the cost of goods. 30% for an independent pizza owner is is decent. Uh, so when we did our price increases, we were tipping around 32, 35% cost of goods. And, you know, it's either we have to realign our pricing or we 
basically, you know, sell ourselves out of business because that's unsustainable for anybody, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. I did notice when y'all were, when we were all going through the COVID stuff. Um, and even, even now, um, I see that you're very innovative with the ingredients that you do get. So there's, I remember you would put out a new, a new item on the menu and you yourself would post it on Facebook. And I'm like, okay, cool. There's another thing that they're offering during this time. And because you were transparent about the, we're low on this supply. So we're going to add this to our menu currently. It, it did add a more human element to it. So it made you more empathetic to what's going on and make it not seem like, oh, this company is just trying to make a dollar or that, that's the only thing they're focused on. They actually want to serve the community while doing business. So that's right. I Absolutely. think that's really cool. Um, I've always really appreciated it appreciated that about you and the slice. So this may be <laughs> the, the worst question to ask, but um, do you have any advice for anyone that is looking to get into the food industry <laughs> at this time? <laughs> oh my goodness. Jake, that's, that's a fully loaded question. I, the, we I like think to the... encourage business though. We do like to encourage the entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want, we don't want to rain on anybody's parade. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with you there. And and what I would say is this is if if you're thinking about getting into the food industry, I would just really just say you've got to do your research on what you're trying to accomplish. You've really got to look at what your costs are going to be to develop, you know, your foods, you know, what's your, you know, what's the, all the costs associated with that. And right now the most volatile part in my business of the pizzeria is not really my labor. It, because I'm, I'm, it's, it's tough right now. I'm actually probably one of the few uh restaurants that is fully staffed. Like I'm actually overstaffed because I've got people that are about to to leave going back to college. I've got a I've got a kid that worked with me when I first opened um and he's going to University of Georgia, but I've always told him you come back during the summer, you come back during Christmas, you've always got a job with us. I mean, we're going to do what we can to, and we'll make it work one way or another. Um and so I feel we've built a really good culture with our employees there. I think that's that's a really super important thing you've got to do is is create that environment that, you know, it's a job and most of our folks because we are in the restaurant business and we are pizza are really young kids that are either junior seniors in high schools or in college. And so trying to create that environment that really is helpful, but, but ultimately before you jump into the food industry, make sure you got the stomach for it. I mean, that's, that's really the truth because one, like I mentioned before, the wheat price is going up that, I mean, I would have never thought that the price would jump like double, you know, like it did yeah. like that. And so one of the other things too, that, that you want to do is just make sure, like if you're getting into the food industry, you understand you know, the competition that's in the town, we've got another competing pizzeria, literally a quarter mile down the road for me. And he and I are actually really good friends and we help each other through that, that time as well, but understand the need of the community, understand, you know, what you're getting yourself into. And once you do kind of get into that, that arena, uh, when you start talking to the manufacturers, they've actually got some pretty incredible tools that you can utilize that helps you with processing like what your your cost is i can actually tell you how much it costs me to make each one of my regular base cheese pizzas uh and, and that's actually even with overages too right because sometimes mm -hmm. it's not always exact you can't measure correctly it's, it might be a little bit more and right. so we have the tool make sure you have the right tools in place the other thing i think that was a really big 
advantage for us was is right like literally six weeks before COVID hit. Thank goodness we did it. We pulled the trigger on changing our POS, which is our, our point of sale. Mm-hmm. And the one feature that saved us was the integration with the Google Maps because we are a delivery service. So ah. I can literally, I've got an entire driver station where what we can do is I can go look at every single order that's about to come out my oven and I can bundle those together. And so our delivery radius for folks that don't know used to be like 11 miles. And so when you're doing an 11 mile like round trip, you're gone at minimum probably half hour, if not yeah. more like 40 minutes. And so by using tools that will help you effectively take care of your customers and run your business, I think that's probably one of the most important things to not skimp on because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things out there that can really help you with that. And when you think about it, I mean, for me is I I think giving back to the community is important. Um, Working with like local organizations, we've got an amazing uh, gym here that called Kids Quest. And we did a a daytime like tour for like 26 kids, I believe. And so we had kids from like five to nine. We pre-prepped everything and we (laughs) helped them with like making their own pizzas and then they got to eat their pizza. And so my favorite question I love to ask the kids at the end of that was when they were getting their when we got the pizzas out of the oven and I had them help us like cut it. I'd ask them, I was like, you know why this pizza is really, really special? And they would say, no, I don't know. I was like, you made it from scratch. You made this entire pizza. Now you know how to do this. And so you can, you know, show mom and dad like what you learned. And they took some great photos and stuff. So, but I, I think awesome. that's the other thing. Be be sure that you're being of service to, to your employees and service to your community. Um, I've got great, great friends here in the city. of hire us at not only just you, Chase, but, you know, I'm very close with our director of downtown development. If she's got an event going on and she's like, hey, we've got a dance going on. We need help feeding the people here. You know, I'm like, all right, I got you. How many people? What you need? Let's do it. And by building and fostering those relationships, that's where you could bring everybody together. And that's also where you can find opportunities that maybe you didn't think about. Uh, Because you can always expand. And I'll I'll tell you one quick thing, too. The scariest thing we did was about three or four months ago, we changed our complete sauce recipe. And I yeah, I don't know if if you've noticed that or not, Chase, but um, we I think originally the the recipe was kind of more of an American paste with a mixture of herbs and spices. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, my cheese vendor, um, I am his southernest, like most like customer that he comes and calls on. And he stopped by. He's a great guy. Uh, and and that's the one thing I have never changed is my cheese or my flour. Your cheese uh, is amazing. Do not yes. change the cheese. <laughs> no, 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 no. We do an amazing blend with the cheese. And so my cheese guy came and he was like, hey, he's like, I've got this, uh, we got this different cheese that I think that you might enjoy. And I was like, oh, well, what is it? He's like, well, it's a mozzarella. I was like, well, what's the difference between what we do now and what this is? And he's like, well, it's an aviaro mozzarella. It's a softer. So you can't really like dice it up. You've got to like use the garrot to cut it and you can make margarita pizzas. And so when I started investigating uh. to do margarita pizzas, I was like, well, if I'm going to do that, I got to have a more authentic Italian sauce. And when okay. I made that change, I had people ask me like, well, can you just put that on a regular pizza? And so I was like, yeah, sure. So I was kind of carrying two sauces for a minute. And then I did some taste samples with Miracle League of Valdosta. They have, uh, they help kids with disabilities play kickball or, or T-ball. And so VSU, the football team came out one week and then the SGMC came out the following week. And we utilized those folks as our experimentation of, 
introducing the new sauce because we give that stuff back. We give those pizzas to Miracle League. And so we got nothing but rave reviews. I have people that have been eating with my, my the pizzeria even before I owned it. And they were like, there's something different. Like, I don't know what you did, but it's it's really good. Okay. I was like, well, we changed our sauce. And they were like, really? And once the word got out that we changed our sauce, like all of a sudden we just kind of boomed for a little bit there for about four or six weeks where it just started spreading like wildfire. And so okay. it's it's been sometimes you got to take a risk and it could be scary for sure. Well, so, that's cool. Oh. I, I had no idea that you changed the sauce. Um, we haven't had a pizza night in, in, in a little while, so we we need to have a new, we need to have another one is what I'm tonight uh, is Friday, my friend. Hey, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Let's take you back to your childhood, Chase. <laughs> right on. No, I did. I uh, to 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 piggyback off of what you said. Um, it's one thing to have a passion to want to do business, but it's a whole nother thing to actually have a passion to do the business. Cause it's not, uh, it's not the, the most funnest thing to deal with the trials and the tribulations going into business. But, uh, um, but yeah, cool. It's, it's very scary when you go into business and the best thing you can really do is like one of the things we did is to kind of add a little bit more is we we went through and talked to the uh, local SBA at BSU, which is a part of the University of Georgia system. Um, just leverage all those people because you, I never really truly knew everything personally that went into a full on business. I've tried to start a couple things here and there when I was by myself as kind of like a self proprietary. Uh, but this this was a whole nother beast. I mean, it took us about five and a half months to get ramped up, acquire the business. And then probably another two to three months of, of learning and, and understanding mm-hmm. who we need to talk to, who needs to be involved. And at the end of the day, what I really enjoy is, is also collaborating with other businesses. So anytime I use a service from a local business, I tout that online. We use local raw honey in our, our dough. We've got a guy that comes and cleans our floors every three months. He's here in town. And then awesome. even getting our oven cleaned, like there's a local hood and oven cleaner folks that come through. So anytime those folks can. So what I really try to stress with a lot of our customers is, is that when not only are you getting great food, great pizza and supporting a local business, but you're also supporting a network of local businesses that work together to do what they do to service that community and take care of, of the folks in that community. That's awesome. Estel, you've created a brand that people rave about. So you, um, you're doing something that most people don't. So I, I commend you for that. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Chase. Now, thank you for your kind words, my friend. Yeah. Anytime brother. Thank you so much for being on the very first episode of the podcast. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I think tonight's going to be a pizza night. All right. <laughs> well, let me know. We'll make it happen. My friend, I All appreciate right, your time as well, Chase. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon, brother. Yep. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Branding Iron Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. It would mean the world to us. Thank you, and we will talk again soon.